Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. All right. Well, I've hit the button and there's no going back. Oh, yeah, I forget that you can't stop it once it starts. Mm-mm. Everything is raw. Oh, fresh. God. Raw. Uh, raw and fresh. Unedited. You know, in a data sense. Oh, Not yeah. like in a meat sort of way. I was thinking about fruit, but okay. Raw fruit? <laughs> I mean, I know that's what it is, but well, like, no. you don't think about it that way. I was thinking of fresh. Oh. I'm just making think fresh fruit. Yeah. That's all. Raw fruit. I'm going to eat this pair raw. I know it's weird, <laughs> but that's how I like it. Just hear me out. it's like that george carlin joke where he talks about he's like why do they call it raw sewage is anybody cooking this stuff (laughs) (laughs) unprocessed i guess is what they mean right untreated yeah yeah Mm, maybe they should use the word maybe they'd come up with a new word yeah you know that Mm -hmm. uh, unrelated to anything else especially not food unseasoned sewage (laughs) (laughs) it's a little underdone yeah i'm not getting the ginger Hollywood mad about your sewage. Yeah. Gross. He, he would be. I can't really taste the trash. <laughs> I'm not getting the garbage. He has. So I've been listening to, as I told you, this podcast called Off Menu. Yeah. Which is really lovely. Yeah. And sounds lovely. There's Paul Hollywood does an episode and I'm very Aww. excited about it. Yeah. I'm trying to resist the urge to just skip around to all the people that I like. Yeah. Because then I'll just be left with people that I don't know mm-hmm. and I'll be less motivated to listen to those episodes, which I it's not like a badge that you get if you complete it. So I don't know why. Yeah, you're not getting I care a that much grade for it. But also, you know, I'm learning things about people that. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe you'll find some new person to like. Exactly. Yeah. The second episode is about. They interview a food critic for The Guardian. Oh. And so she has a lot of, you know, really interesting opinions about food. Food and Yeah. Cause the premise, I'll just promote that podcast on this podcast. Sure. Is <laughs> these two British comedians sit down a guest in their like dream restaurant and they're like, Okay, tell us, you know, the starter, the main course, the side, the drink and dessert. Like the best one you've ever had. Like your build your dream meal and tell us about it. Yeah. Where is it coming from? You know, what's it like? And then in, you know, so they talk about food and talk about their lives and jokes and stuff. And it's just like. Paul Hollywood's answer is just going to be bread. Yeah. <laughs> He's Every like. Every course bread. None of my courses are going near an oven, actually. I don't <laughs> want anything to be baked. <laughs> Please. Yeah. I don't want to think about crumb structure. But yeah, it's really nice. It's got a soggy bottom. God, this whole podcast is a soggy bottom. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he's going to say. Yeah. I want Paul Hollywood and Elton Brown to have a battle. Oh, that would be very interesting. Yeah. Taste test battle. Yeah. Because Paul Hollywood is only a baking scientist. That's true. I wonder who would win. I don't know what even the competition would be. Yeah. I get, what but, are your parameters? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not fair if you put 
Paul Hollywood out of his element against Elton Brown, the food scientist That's himself. That's uh, Mexican cuisine. <laughs> <laughs> Embarrassing. <laughs> anyway, this is a podcast that's not about food. No. It's about movies most of the time. Yeah. And I'm Bucket Snake. I'm Meat Wedge. And this is Replay Rewind. I was just wondering if I was raw <laughs> or not. Because <laughs> I'm meat. Oh. <laughs> just thinking about like, it. When what? I picture myself... As a meat wedge. It oh, is I, raw meat. I always picture you as raw meat. Yeah. Gross. Anyway, yeah. I guess I am technically. No one's cooked me yet. So yeah, it's a podcast <laughs> about movies and I have a question for you. Let's hear it. I hope it's not about raw meat. Well, it's up to you. If you had <laughs> like a magical carpet bag that yeah. could hold anything regardless of size and I guess that you could carry regardless of weight, mm. it seems like. Yeah. What five, what are five things you would put in it? A refrigerator full of soda water. Mm-hmm. Just the whole refrigerator I could pull out. Yeah. You could just reach your arm in there Yeah, to open the fridge and pull out one soda water. Right. It'd always be nice and cold. You don't have to pull the fridge out. Oh, okay. Yeah. Then hell yeah. Right? Yeah. Also snacks, though. Just a mini fridge. Yeah. Yeah. Soda and snacks. Yeah. All, at all times. Um, And then four dogs. <laughs> just any four. Yeah. <laughs> just random for every time I reach in and pull out a different dog. Yeah. I don't know. Sometimes they're big, sometimes they're little. I mean, I don't know what what would really be useful to have with you at all times that you can't just you already can't just anyway. have with you. Yeah, I don't we've yeah. adapted our lives to this. I very rarely am like, damn, I wish I had it's usually just food or a drink. <laughs> yeah. I was definitely thinking snacks. I saw an ad the other day. That was like a dog bed specifically designed for people. Oh, yeah. And it looked very big and comfy. And I was like, that would be great to have. Yeah. You know, I don't need it all the time. And I definitely don't want to haul it around. But it'd be tight yeah. to just have it. That would be tight. Actually, yeah. Like um, like a cube with a bed in it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because sometimes when I'm at work, I have like just enough of a break that I could take a nap. But I couldn't like drive home and take a nap and drive back. Right. But if I had like a little cube that I could sleep in, yeah, like blackout curtains, so nobody could see me. <laughs> I mean, you could just put <laughs> blackout curtains in the salon, and then you have a little cube that you I, could sleep. I actually in. can't. I'm only allowed to have one curtain, and it has to be white. Ah, yeah. So that's stupid. I know. <laughs> My cube has to have the curtains. Yes. I All guess right. So. Snacks. Yeah, definitely snacks. Nap cube. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Uh, hmm. I think, too, for me, because I'm not cold very often, and yeah. so I usually just go, eh, I don't need a jacket because I don't feel like dealing with it. Right. I could have a jacket. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't have to. Although that would just fit inside a normal bag, <laughs> like, of that size, you know? Yeah, It doesn't yeah. have to be a magical carpet bag. I just put a... That's true. But with all the other things. What? Actually, I think I'd rather have a magical fanny pack. That'd be tight. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess the dimensions of the bag don't matter. Yeah. That's just what she has, a man- magical fanny pack. Mm-hmm. Just pull out a whole lamp. Yeah. It does make it easier for her to move. That's true. Because it apparently is just a a holding zone where nothing weighs anything, which is really cool. Yeah, you could use it to move. Could you we've move your t- whole house? We've, I feel we've like we bring, out moving, bring up moving a lot because we well, both move so much, I think. I know, and it's annoying. Because we talked about it on Sword Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Oh, we talked about Sword in the Stone, too, yeah. because he packs all of his stuff in his bag. Uh-huh. I just want my things to be tiny. <laughs> yeah, and then we yeah we talked about a, using a shrink raid to move your house more easily. <laughs> I think about it all the time. Even yeah. even not when I'm moving. If I'm just like, I want to rearrange this bedroom, but it's mm-hmm. a pain in the ass. 
Yeah. To move furniture. This needs to go downstairs. What if it were an inch tall? Yeah. Be so much easier. True. So, yeah, I guess I just think about it a lot. Not that I'm taking any steps towards inventing one. I'm not a scientist. No, we're podcasters. (laughs) (laughs) We just put ideas out into the world. Yeah, somebody else do it. Hey, here's what should exist. Go. Yeah. Scientists. Anything else you would have in there? Mm, I think uh, maybe like a baseball glove and a baseball. You can just carry that around anyway. Be ready for catch at any time. Okay. Yeah, but it's a fanny pack. If, but, yeah. if we're going fanny pack, you know, then it would yeah, yeah, sure. not take up you as much room. You could put some bases in there, too. Yeah. Probably, like, a lot of some bases. No, yeah. that that's running. I don't want to <laughs> I just want to throw the ball. Oh, that's yeah, the, yeah, yeah. That's the fun part. So a bunch of notebooks, maybe. Oh, yeah. A stack of coloring books and some. Yeah, yeah. That would be cool. Just Hell things yeah. to do when I'm bored. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sure. I don't know. Yeah. Like you said, I don't know what things I need that on I hand that I don't already have besides food because I never plan ahead because if I'm not hungry I cannot imagine ever being hungry again <laughs> so I cannot plan for the next time that I will be hungry yeah that's fair I always I'm so bad at that I'm getting better at taking food with me to work yeah but I'm I can't make myself bring snacks I'm like okay there's lunch but then I'm like what do I do in between yeah you you're just like I'll be fine I need snacks right and then Which you're like am. why am I grumpy but I'm bored i know and a little grumpy yeah i always eat breakfast before i go to work and i'm like should i take something with me for lunch and then i think no no, i I just just ate ate. (laughs) and i'm only working six hours today (laughs) famous last words how would i ever be hungry when i'll i won't be hungry until tomorrow morning yeah of course well why are you asking me about um giant bags of holding well because we're playing D &D, roll for initiative oh shit (laughs) (laughs) no because Uh, We're talking about Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins. And of course, she has her giant bag that has her lamp in it and a bunch of other things. Yeah. You know, they do that cool trick where she sits down on the ground and pulls out a whole floor lamp. Yep. Pretty neat. That's what we're talking about. You said that this movie is over two hours long. It is. I cannot imagine what goes on in that movie. I genuinely think it's going to be a Pete's Dragon situation. So many songs. There are a bunch of songs. Yeah. Because there's um, like five that I can think of off yeah. the top of my head. Super califragilisticexpialidocious. I forgot about that one. <laughs> <laughs> there's uh, and the chimney sweep. Song. Yeah, the chimney sweep song. Um, there's the one where they they're out like drawing with chalk. Yeah, I remember that scene. And it's like it's a jolly holiday with Mary. Oh yeah. Uh, Mary makes the sun shine bright. There's that song. There's uh-huh. like penguins and shit. Um, and then there's the song about flying a kite. I don't Let's remember that. Go fly a kite. That's a whole song about flying a kite. Huh. Um and then the Feed the Birds song is actually in this movie. Oh yeah, yeah. Feed the Birds. So there's that. Uh, I forgot that was in this movie because I remember that song and I always think that it's in Home Alone 2. Right. But it's not. It's not. Because yeah. she says, she sings about tuppence. Yeah. It's a tuppence a bag. Tuppence um, a bag. I just now remembered that his their dad sings a song at the bank. Oh. Or maybe his boss or something. Or something about money or something like that. Oh, there's a song so- about money much that goes on in this movie because yeah. like their mom is like a women's suffrage protester rights lady yeah mm-hmm. um a suffragette yes suffragette. Thank you. Suff- and then their dad works at the bank mm-hmm. yeah and then you've got dick van <laughs> dick van diesler 
<laughs> working as a chimney sweep, but he's just Mary Poppins' friend. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. So the the majority of oh, the spoonful of sugar song. Yeah, spoonful God. of sugar. I had to learn how to play that on piano when I was a kid, and I just remembered that. <laughs> oh, I love when memories are unlocked. It feels weird. I know, right here in the cave. Ooh. It's nice. Fuzzy brain. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm pretty sure there's a point in this movie. It's something that my mom and I quote all the time where this guy because I had those like Disney sing along VHS. Yeah, I remember you know, those. So they just had the songs from this movie and that movie, whatever. Yeah. And the Let's Go Fly a Kite song was on there. Okay. And there's a point where the guy, I'm pretty sure it's in this movie, there's a point where the guy's like, a guy. I don't even, he's not even in the family. He's just a dude. He's on the phone and he's talking to somebody. He's like, that's what I said. Go fly a kite. Oh. And then he's like, well, I don't mean you personally. <laughs> so whoever he's talking to gets offended. Like, you know, th- like, go take yeah. a walk. You know, go yeah. fly a kite. He's yeah. like, no, I mean, just. Yeah, go fly a kite just means fuck off. Flying kites. I don't know. Yeah. So we'll say, I don't mean you personally. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah, Um, I do not remember the plot of this movie, except that there are two kids and they need a nanny. Yeah, Jane and Michael Banks. And she just shows up. Yeah. Wait, the dad works at a bank and his last name is Banks? (laughs) Yeah. They write their own advert Mm. for the paper Oh, for their nanny that they want. Which they sing a song about, of okay, course. Because they end up Jane and Michael Banks, something like that. And then their dad gets mad. Because they don't take it seriously. And tears it up. <gasps> yeah, he's like, this is ridiculous or something like that. And he yeah. tears it up. And then Mary Poppins shows up and he's hold- she's holding oh. the advert that they wrote all That's taped cute. together. Yeah. So it's like, oh, where'd she get it? Because I think he throws it in the fireplace or something. Oh. Um, yeah. And then they just kind of hang out with her for a while, you know, and she teaches them lessons and they have magical adventures and they go sliding down the banister at their yeah. very big house. And, and they get sick, so they have to take medicine. And Uh-huh. Well, that's that's actually about them tidying up, right? No, they have to take... They're supposed to clean their... I remember a scene where they... They take medicine. They, they pour actually, it in a spoon. Oh, yeah, 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 and then, yeah. yeah. But I think the... I don't know. There is a scene where they're like tidying up and they're whistling at their stuff and it or they no, they snap. Oh, they snap their fingers and like their clothes like fold themselves and go back in the drawer. Oh, how nice. Yeah, <laughs> truly. Because the little boy can't get his fingers to snap. He oh, can't figure it out. And he's like, cute. the little girl's like, oh, cool. You know, Jane's like, yeah, yeah, got it. She's snapping and everything and cleaning up. And he's just like standing in front of this pile of clothes and can't get his fingers to snap. Oh, man. So many things are coming back to me. Oh. Um, I do like the song about the chimney sweep. Yeah, I like that Although song Although it too. gets uh, real serious for a second. Yeah. It's, it's kind like, of dark. Bring it down low. And I think that's why I like it. Yeah. Chim, chimney, chim, chimney. But the words chim, aren't chim, dark, chim, but the feeling is where it gets like really quiet. Yeah. He's just talking about how it's it's so nice to be on the rooftops of London. Yeah. You know, that the chimney sweep has the best view in all the land. Mm-hmm. Good luck will rub off when I shake sands with you. Yep. <laughs> It's terrible Cockney accent. It's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. Um, yeah. Dick Van Diesler. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine thinking you can just call people a slur. Well, I'm excited to relive some of my childhood because I know I watched this a lot as a kid, but mm-hmm. I'm wondering if it's one of those, like I said, like Pete's Dragon, where it's just so long that I just wandered in and out of the room while it was on. Yeah. And I never like sat down and paid attention to the ongoing plot. 
Yeah, probably. Or maybe one of those that subconsciously I was like, I'm not watching that. It's too long. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But I don't know. Yeah, I'm excited because I have generally good memories of it. Yeah. And the songs that I remember, I like. So Mm -hmm. I'm excited for those to be stuck in my head for quite some time. Yep. Should be good. Iconic. Hell yeah. yeah. Let's go. Okay. Watch it. Sure. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Well, that was a fucking... Super califri- super califragil- super califragilistic expialidocious movie. It sure was. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say it's also long as hell. It was so long. It was as long as the word super califragilistic expialidocious. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they had to. They were like, we add more stuff. We got to put more things in here. Yeah, it's not long enough. It was so long. It was good. Okay, yes. I'm not saying it wasn't. No. It definitely held my attention most of the movie, mm-hmm. but I did have to like pause and get up to pee at one point, and I was like, "There's still thirty minutes left. So much. What else can happen of this movie?" And I know we talked about it at the beginning, and we were both like, "Yeah, there's so much that happens." Blah blah blah. But there are a lot of scenes that you're like, "It's still happening." Yes, like it felt a lot. I think the movie felt a lot more like a play yeah. than a movie. Yeah, you know, a musical, a mm-hmm. theater. Mm-hmm. performance perhaps perhaps um yeah long good so let's not waste any more time yeah here we go so we have a lot to talk about uh we start on this dreamy city landscape of london that was in fact hand painted on glass and layered which disney liked to do yeah you can tell it's very disney yeah yeah all the animation in this movie is super disney yes the scene with the farm animals i was just like i wish farm animals looked like this <laughs> They're so cute. I want them to always look like this. And also, it is back in the day when all the credits are also at the beginning of the movie. Yep. So I skipped them. Oh, yeah. Because I did notice, though, that uh, the nine old men worked on the animation. Yeah, a lot of them. This was uh, Ward Kimball was one of the nine old men. This is the last movie that he ever animated. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely definitely very milk call heavy, though. Yeah. Yeah. With the animation. Yep. Because yep, yep, I was yep. like, this is 
just Sword in the Stone and Robin Hood. Like, yep. that. just the animation looked just like both of those. Yeah. Well, and it's all, yeah, the same people. It's all the same actors. Mm-hmm. And Disney is alive, you know, and very yeah. involved in this movie. Mm-hmm. So you get a lot of his influence as well. But yeah, so we get these opening credits going. And we, we have, like, a little pause where we see Mary Poppins is sitting on a cloud, refreshing her makeup mm-hmm. above london just kind of looking down yeah and then it does even more credits for a minute yeah it's just like hey there she is don't forget this is what we're here to see yeah don't walk out of the theater Mm. that movie is coming don't worry this isn't the end credits it's the beginning (laughs) you didn't miss it and then the camera descends onto dick van dyke and his adorable face and terrible cogni accent yeah and i'm so glad that captions exist because it is just unlistenable yeah very unlistenable and he's being a really bad one-man band also but you know everyone's very entertained everyone's delight i know he's got that you know thousand watt smile and he's mm-hmm. going around like making silly music and he clearly knows all of these people and yeah. he's writing little rhymes about them they all come to visit him every day even yeah. the constables there, not being a dick you know like he's just yeah. like oh hey it's bert you know right he says the constable's responsible yeah which i thought was really cute <laughs> but uh he does kind of like look at him and he's like, eh, yeah, gonna, you know, don't yeah. step out of line. But anyway, yeah, so he's going around doing that. And then he starts to make up a rhyme about this one little lady. And she's like, yes. And he gets very distracted because there's a strange wind that's blowing in. Mm. And he kind of says to himself, you know, like, oh, something's about to happen. Yeah, I'm I recognize not sure what this. it is. Yeah. But I remember it happening before. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yep, he goes on Back to, to what he was doing. smack himself in the forehead with his symbol, <laughs> and he collects his money, and then he notices you, the viewer. Yeah. Which, he breaks the fourth wall, I think, twice? He does it again at another point. Does he? Yeah. This is the only time that I remember it. But it isn't consistent. <laughs> no, it's not. And it's kind of weird, because he says... Yeah, you know he's like oh you kind of get this feeling of being like let me tell you this story right but then it hasn't happened yet yeah and then he's a part of it and he Mm -hmm. never yeah i can't even remember another time where he like looks at the camera to be like you know now we're doing that like he just he does it at the beginning and then it's like they're like that's weird actually and they forgot to take it out or something yeah it's it's strange he's not like all knowing enough right uh, yeah it feels very out of place yeah so he says okay let me take you to 17 cherry tree lane i can't even it's bad do it as bad as he does it i'll show you the way and he is introducing some characters along the way including a man that they just call the admiral who has a whole boat deck on the top of his house Mm -hmm. including a cannon that he fires i I don't know on the hour every hour on the hour starting at 8 (sighs) a.m yep it's too early it's yep (laughs) and very loud it's a very strange there are obviously magic very magical things that happen right in this movie but that guy is so out of place yeah you know yeah. love him <laughs> sure lo- you know love the admiral yeah but yeah he kind of keeps tabs on the neighborhood too because he tells bert yeah dick van dyke's character um oh you, you're heading down to 17 cherry tree lane best be careful there's a strange wind blowing and i think there's some fighting happening in that house and then so we do go to the house and Mm -hmm. there is in fact fighting happening there is yes um just to at the top we could just address dick van dyke's terrible accent yeah let's talk about it. which he said that his vocal coach was j pat o'malley Mm -hmm. who also does voices in this movie and he did he voiced otto the blacksmith in robin hood oh okay he does a lot of like voice work for Mm -hmm old disney stuff and he's like he was even worse at it 
than I was. So actually, I'm doing great. But he's just like, I don't know. I thought he knew what he was talking about. And yeah. He didn't. Yeah. So then in 2017, Dick Van Dyke received a BAFTA award, which mm-hmm. is the British like Academy of, of Film and Television. And they wanted to present him with an award just for great television for the Dick Van Dyke show. Yeah. And he said, great. I appreciate this opportunity to apologize to the members of BAFTA for inflicting on them the most atrocious Cockney accent in the history of cinema. In the history of cinema. (laughs) Probably how I would have said it. Yes. And a BAFTA executive said, we look forward to his acceptance speech in whatever accent he chooses on the night. (laughs) Which I thought was very funny. Yes. And then also in a empire magazine did a poll in 2003 of the worst accents in film and he came in second yeah i wonder who was first sean connery oh (laughs) just across the board love that (laughs) they were like is he a russian guy in hunt for red october is he doesn't matter he still sounds exactly the same love that so so then you know we do finally make it to number 17 which is george banks's house where a fight is happening inside because the nanny is quitting. Mm-hmm. There are two maids and a nanny all kind of having a fight because one of the maids is like, listen, if you go, who's going to take care of the kids? I'm going to have to take care of the kids. I don't want to take care of the kids. I got other shit to do. Right. And then the, the other maid is like, fucking get. Go. Yeah, you annoy me. I don't like you. Yeah. The maid is like, please stay. The cook is like, go on then. Tired yes. of looking at you. But then the nanny, she calls Jane and Michael both beasts. So mm-hmm. she won't stay another minute in the house. Mm-hmm. But then... In a whirlwind, Mrs. Banks comes home singing. Yep. She's wearing a little sash that says votes for women. Yep. And she is too busy singing to listen to anyone because the nanny keeps trying to be like, uh, Mrs. Banks, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, can I just, mm? but she's like, no. Right. She's all hopped up. She's just come from her rally where one of her friends got arrested. Yeah. Another one of her friends chained herself to someone's carriage, you know, yeah. going anywhere until we get the vote. And yeah, she starts singing a song called Sister Suffragette. Nine minutes into this film yes. is our first song of many. Yeah, it's... It's um, a cute song. Yeah, it's... I like her raspy little voice. Mm-hmm. It's a cute song. I her think name's Winifred. When you love. mentioned that she comes in all hopped up, it's a very good phrase. Yeah. Because everyone in this entire movie seems to be on drugs. <laughs> <laughs> it is so high energy the entire all the time. movie. Yeah. There's not a lot of downtime. There's a little bit. We get a you know a few seconds here and there, but whew, everyone is at a thousand percent. Yeah, the whole energy. time. Yes. Um, but so she's yeah, like you said, Katie Nana, the nanny, is trying to quit. She's like, Mrs. Banks, I have something to tell you. And then finally, you know, Mrs. Banks stops singing, acknowledges her, and is like, Where are the children? Because their father's going to be home soon. Yeah. And she's like, That's what I'm trying to tell you. They've run away again and they're both kind of using the same points of the argument to make their points Mm. the children have run away again mrs banks is like isn't that your job to watch them and make sure that they don't run away yes and katie is like that's my point they keep escaping me and she's like so do better at your job yeah but she's like no i'm leaving you know i can't deal with this and mrs banks is kind of like you please you know please don't go mr banks will be furious if you leave you know this is we've been through so many nannies and Mm. she's like no just now getting used to you right (laughs) (laughs) um but she's like no that's it uh calculate my wages mail them to my house i'm never coming back yep and which like when we meet jane and michael we get no inkling that they are beastly little children no they're fine so like maybe katie nana you should not have gotten into this business if you can't handle 
regular ass kids. Yeah. Just saying. I just Googled it because I was curious about when women got the right to vote in England and it was 1928. Yeah. And we learned later that this is set in 1910. So yeah. she got a long way to go still. She does. The fight continues. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Dang. So in the in the middle of this fight, we get the maid. I don't know if her name is Ellen or Helen, but it's one of those. Yeah. She just yells, posts! Yes. And they all run to a corner of the house and grab some valuables because the admiral shoots off his cannon and everything falls off the walls or the piano goes sliding. Yeah. And it's very funny. They do it several times during the movie, and it's just clearly something that they just do. They don't think about it. They don't even look at what they're catching. And I, I just really liked the silly yeah, just like quality the, of it. The little addition of it in the background you know yeah and, and just they like continue on with their conversations yeah and the piano always slides across the floor yeah which i'm like, like take the wheels off of it right <laughs> save yourself some work so katie nana is on her way out the door we meet mr george banks who is he works in finance mm. which as you pointed out at the top yes he works at the bank and his name is banks mr banks very nice he's on his way home and he just sees Katie Nanny and he's just like, oh, you know, his, that must be heavy. Let me help you. And yeah. she's all in a huff and he just doesn't even notice. Doesn't pick he up on it. He's in a good in mood. He's in a very good mood. Yeah, he walks in. Walks in the door, doesn't even say hi to anybody, immediately starts singing about how he's very happy with the life that he leads. Yes, it's so tidy and precise and on time. Yep, he comes yes. home at 6.01 every day. At 6.02, he has a brandy. At 6.03, he pats his little children on the head and sends them off to bed, which I'm like, it is the middle of the afternoon yeah it's too soon they're getting a lot of sleep i guess yes but the song is you know about how houses run strictly on schedule we learn that it's 1910 in london and while he's singing a what just happened with katie nana Mm-hmm. And Mrs. Banks happens to Mrs. Banks with Mr. Banks because yep. she is trying to tell him that the kids are gone, but he is too busy singing. Yeah, he's just like, oh, splendid. Keeps yeah. going with his little song. Yep. And it's not until he gets to the point in his song where he's like, and then I say hello to my children and pat them on the head. Where are the children anyway? And she's like, well, that's what I'm trying to tell you. They're missing. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, hops up and he's like, well, we've got to get. You know, on call the, phone the police and call yeah. the police. Yeah, call the constable and put in a report. Why are you just sitting around? So he does get on the phone, and as he is on the phone with the police and explaining that his children are missing, the constable shows up at the door and brings the children home. Which they're like, "Oh, well, that was wow, well, the efficient. service." Yes, <laughs> and they're very apologetic. They're very sweet mm-hmm. and apologetic, and they're saying, "You know, we so we're so sorry. We didn't mean to lose the nanny. We were just chasing our kite, which went flying through the park." Yeah, and to and be then, fair, we made it ourselves, so it's yeah, pretty shitty you kite won't anyway. Help us, yeah, Dad. Yeah, Dad. And we just got lost. Okay, sorry, we're very sorry. And they look really tired, and the constable is standing there, just being like, "Yeah, they didn't mean to." Yeah, don't be so hard on them. There, look how tired they are. They've had such a long walk. Yeah, I made them walk <laughs> all the way home. Yeah, they really picked two children that look nothing alike. No, they could not look more. And they don't look like either of their parents either. No. Which is very funny because this is the second time that these two children have been in a movie together. Oh. And they made another movie after this where they played siblings again. Oh. In a movie called The Gnome Mobile. All right. Where they play siblings who find a 943-year-old gnome who has lost the will to survive and they're trying to convince him not to die. Okay. (laughs) Which is like, that sounds like family fun for everybody. What a weird concept. I know. Absolutely bonkers but this this was the to end on a sad note this was the final role for this little boy who played well 
Yeah, Mary Poppins. No, the Gnome movie was the last movie that he did. Um, because he died when he was 21 of oh. pancreatitis. I know he was like, I'm, I'll quit acting for a little bit and finish my studies, go back to school, and he died 21 years old. Damn, very sad. I know he was only in three movies. So anyway, the anyway. maid Helen or Ellen takes. <laughs> The children upstairs. Her name is Eleanor Ellen. Eleanor Ellen, yes. <laughs> Eleanor Helen, actually, is her name. <laughs> she takes the kids upstairs, and George and Winifred discuss finding a new nanny, which George is like, listen, you're clearly shit at this. You've, We've had six different nannies in the last four months. They keep leaving. It's time for me to take matters into my own hands. Write this down. Yeah, he's like, clearly, this is a much more delicate situation than I previously thought. Mm-hmm. So I better do it myself. And so he starts singing. Again, yep. about what a nanny needs to be, and she's sitting writing it all down. Yes. Oh, this is wonderful, George. I'm getting down every word. I love her little script. I know. So he's yeah, he sings another song. I don't know how they don't pick up that it's not the nanny's fault. Six <laughs> nannies in four months means your kids need some work. No, 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 no. His <laughs> children are perfect, yeah. just like his home. It must be his wife's fault. Right. choosing the wrong nanny. Sure. We're 18 minutes in. We're on our 95th song <laughs> about what a British nanny should be like. Mm-hmm. While he is dictating, Jane and Michael come downstairs. They are dressed like tiny adults. And are they're very apologetic. They say, we were. it was wrong of us to run away. We're so sorry. We would like to get along with the new nanny. So we've decided to write our own ad. Yes. And they're going to sing it as well. Yep. And they want her to be kind mm-hmm. and never cross and play lots of games and bring be, sweets. Be pretty. Yeah, be very pretty. No Have rosy, rosy cheeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And everything that they say, their dad has this little sly, snide comment. Like, yeah. That's stupid. Well, how ridiculous. I know. And their mom is like, George, let's just hear them out. You know, yeah. she thinks it's adorable because mm-hmm. she thinks her children are adorable. And he's just like, absolutely not. That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. He yeah. takes their little handwritten advertisement and tears it up and throws it in the fireplace. Yeah. And tells them to go to bed. And then he calls the times. Yeah. To place the ads. And then we see in the chimney all the pieces of Jane and Michael's ad go floating up the chimney. Mm. So then the next morning we see there are ladies lined up outside the Banks' home to answer mm-hmm. the ad in the paper. The Admiral's house lets everyone know that it's 8 a.m. Yep. Because... One of the maids is like, oh, there's so many people outside. Should I let them in? And, you know, Mr. Banks is like, absolutely not. Yeah, there are, we have got 12 more seconds. He starts counting it down. And then that makes all the women in the house realize that <laughs> the shot is about to be fired. So they hold every... And, which I think it's also probably on purpose that George never notices yeah. how much work the women in the house are right. doing to keep it together every time. Because mm-hmm. he just walks around drinking his tea and doesn't even help. Nope. Anyway, he's adjusting his tie in a mirror that is swinging and he just swings with it. Yeah. He does nothing. Yeah. To help out. But so he's like, okay, now you can let them in. It's eight o'clock. We see the Admiral looking down at this line of nannies and he calls them a ghastly looking crew. Ghastly looking crew. A lot of them were just dudes dressed up like nannies. That was kind of cute. cute. But then suddenly the wind outside picks up and it keeps picking up, getting very strong. And all of these nannies just get blown down the street. So gently. So gently. This scene is so bizarre because they're not making any noise. Mm-hmm. They're just hanging on to their hats. A couple of them have to like choose between hanging on to a post and hanging on to their hat. And they go for hat and they go flying off. Yeah. They're not like, whoa. They don't say There's anything. It's just the gently blowing wind sound. And that's all. It's like. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And like 20 women 
just float <laughs> gently away. There they go. They don't try to like. You'd think they would come back later, but no, right? they're just no. like, you know, fuck that. I don't need that job. That the house like. is haunted as hell. <laughs> <laughs> and then we see Mary Poppins who comes down through the sky, which Jane and Michael are watching from a window. Mm-hmm. And they're like, "Ooh, is she a witch? Yeah. But Jane's like, no, witches have broomsticks. She's holding on to an umbrella. She is a cryptid. Truly. So she lands and she just goes inside. Well, because mm-hmm. Eleanor Helen opens the door and it's just like, oh. Where did everyone go? Uh, anyway, come in, I guess. Yeah. And she is holding this paper that Jane and Michael wrote mm-hmm. and that he tore up and threw into the fireplace. Yeah. And, and you she's can see like, all the rips in it have been mended. And yeah. And yeah. she's like, rosy cheeks. I mean, look at my face. Cheery mm-hmm. disposition. I'm never cross. Yeah. And while she's reading it, George is like looking in the fireplace. Like, I swear I tore that up. Right. He's like, but the pieces. And he like mimics tearing it up and yeah. then looks in the <laughs> fireplace. He sticks his whole head in there. And then he bonks his head. Yeah. And it's so funny. Like three times he does he this. he yells every time. I know. Him <laughs> like miming, tearing a piece of paper in half and then turning it and tearing it again was so funny. That was really funny. But so she kind of takes advantage of this like very flustered state that he's in to yeah. be like, so I've got the job. Yeah. She's she- not even asking. She's just telling well, him. Well, at first she's like, you seem weird. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to give you a week trial. Yeah. Like, not for your sake, for my sake. Yeah, she's like, I don't know if I want to work here. What she's saying. So she's um, like, all right, I need every other Tuesday off, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm going to go hang out with the kids. Yep. See ya. And he's just like, okay. <laughs> and then, you know, Winifred is like, how did it go? Yeah. And uh, he's like, well, she's upstairs talking to the children, so it must have gone well. <laughs> Yes, I must have done a good job I because great I job. hired her. So yes. it went great. We've hired a new nanny. Tells the maid, go tell the other women to go away, which she opens the door and there's nobody there but a small dog that she's like, the position's been filled. A the dog, dog runs off. Named Andrew. Andrew. Please don't forget Andrew. In a sweater. I know. He's very important. He is. So, you know, she hops on the banister, Mary Poppins, hops on the, the banister, slides up to the upstairs. Mm-hmm. Cannot be bothered to walk on the steps. No. And starts unpacking. She meets the kids and starts pulling shit out of her carpet bag, which mesmerizes the children, of course. Yes. Well, they didn't tell them, the uh, the real children, that this was going to happen. Oh. And so, especially Jane's just dumbfounded little look where she's pulling a whole floor lamp out of this yeah. is just real. Because she was just like, what? Yeah. Which is really cute. You know, a... It's a it's a big trend these days, I think, of directors leaving things out of scripts. Yeah, so that people to get, are surprised. Like, a real reaction yeah. where it's like, did did you or did you not hire actors? Yeah, who are capable of giving you reactions? Right, but it makes sense with kids though. But but there's yeah. if it's something fun, you know, yeah. like this, where it's just like, oh, give them this moment of delight, you mm-hmm. know, like that's really cool. Yeah, not like when they filmed the new It movies and Bill Hader hadn't seen Pennywise, and then okay. <laughs> the, that's really funny the pictures of that are so funny well because the pictures that you're talking about are when he was like hey i thought that they just did that weird thing with your eyeballs in post but are you telling me you can actually do that yeah and bill skarsgård went yeah like this and then he did it and bill Hader was like no and just <laughs> ran off <laughs> that's so funny i know i love it <laughs> so anyway yeah so she's pulling all of her stuff 
out of her bag. She says, a thing of beauty is a joy forever when she pulls out her plant, which is also something that Gene Wilder says in Willy Wonka. Yeah. Very cute. It's part of a Keats poem. Yeah. Yeah. Floor lamp, a a hat stand, a mirror. You know, she's got some clothes. Mm -hmm. It's cute. And then uh, she gets her (laughs) measuring tape out to measure the children. Yep. She measures Michael, just as I thought. Extremely stubborn and suspicious. <laughs> I am not. And then Jane is rather inclined to giggle and doesn't put things away. Yeah. Well, neither of them do. And then they say, well, what about you? So she measures herself and the measuring tape says, Mary Poppins, practically perfect in every way. Yes. Which is how they learn her name. Yeah. And they're both like, oh, that's such a nice name. It, it is. <laughs> so I guess. Sure. It's the name. It's a name. So then she says, all right, well, I know you guys like to play games, so let's play a game. It's called uh, We're Cleaning Up This Fucking Nursery because it's a <laughs> goddamn mess. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they're like, I don't want to clean. So she starts singing another song. Yes. But she says in every job that must be done, there is an element of fun. That's so then true. they sing the spoonful. Sure. I do this with my nanny children. You sing making... the song? No. Oh. But I was making dinner the other day and I said, you know, if I say, go pick up your books, he's like, I don't want to do that. Mm. If I said. What I said was, can you pick up all of your books before the oatmeal is done? And oh. he was like, I was like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I can. And then he went and did it. Nice. Yeah. So. Make, make him competitive. Exactly. <laughs> you figure out, you know, what it is that makes them yeah. happy and makes them tick. And yeah, just make it, you know, nobody likes tidying up. Well, sometimes it's nice. But there are other things, you yeah. know, that you would rather be doing. So right. like you can make it as fun as possible. Yeah, and, you know, of course, there's a little bit of magic involved. She does the thing we talked about at the top of the snapping and things going where they need to go. Yeah. And which I wish I could do that. Yes. And you are right. The song was about cleaning up. They mm-hmm. do take medicine later. They do. You're which right. is what I was thinking of. Combining the... Yeah. Um, yeah. And poor Michael can't snap. He just stands there the whole time trying to snap while yeah. Jane is cleaning everything up, which not that she's putting too much work into it, but it's yeah, just she's like... just snapping. He just, he can't get anything done. There is a little scene where everything goes back into their giant dollhouse. And yeah. I was like, ooh, that looked so fun. Yeah. Just. There's a lot of really cool mechanics in this mm. movie. Like yeah. The, when, in this song, there's a bird that comes and mm-hmm. sits on her finger, which apparently she had like just a ton of wires running up her dress oh. and like the sleeve of her dress and everything to like. Oh, she had a little puppet. Work this bird. Yeah. That's cute. And he was like, yeah, a little robot like being yeah. operated. Yeah. And you can tell that it's not a real bird, obviously, but it still looks really cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's a definitely yeah, and it, it, a cool touch. Yeah. And I love these old special effects. I know, me too. I mean, they, yes, they look old, but they don't, they just, the special effects these days age so much faster. Yes. And so it's like, why does this movie from the 60s look better than this movie from two years ago? Right. And it's because... I don't know. You're just like, well, they were working with the best that they had, you know? And yeah. And movies these days, it's just like, why don't you just put a real guy in there? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's also, I think, if I were going to see something magical happen, like in real life, yeah. were I to see a magical incident, yeah, I imagine that it would look more something like this and less like something out of a computer. Right. You know, like it is, yes. it's stop motion and they've clearly filmed things backwards. Yeah. But... But yeah, that I that's what it would look that's like. That's what it would look like. Yeah. What did we just Oh, we just went and saw Megan. <laughs> yes. Where it's like build a puppet and they did. Yeah, it was a puppet and it was, it was great. great. Highly recommend. It's <laughs> <laughs> such a good movie for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they get everything 
cleaned up. She is singing the song. She sings with her own reflection and then gets annoyed at it because it's It's showing off. Yeah. (laughs) She calls herself cheeky. And then there's a a sort of a second where everything goes a little bit Sorcerer's Apprentice. It gets too efficient. I think it's snapping too much. Yeah. Michael can't get out of the closet. The doors keep opening and closing. And that happens for like one entire minute. It's too long. (laughs) <laughs> and then Mary Poppins is like, that's quite enough. And everything sorts itself out. They get their coats on. They go sliding down the banister and right out the front door. Yep. To go have some fun. Yeah. To the park. I do want to say that this type of music that's in this movie is very theater. You yes. know, musical. Yes. Obviously. But everyone sings so high. Yeah. That it hurts me. <laughs> <laughs> like, the song's just, it's almost mariah carey squeaky yeah she started a little bit lower i know slightly lower register it's too it's all too much for my sensitive little ears yeah like i know she's hitting all the notes she's doing great but then the whole song just sounds to me like one note yeah one high squeal yep (laughs) that's fair anyway now they're at the park yes where we see bert again he's singing some fucking song Yep. And he's drawing on the pavement with mm-hmm. chalk and telling us all about his little drawings. Oh, yeah. This is kind of the other time where he's like. Yeah. He talks to the camera. Talk, yeah. He says, I do these chalk drawings yeah. in the park, you know, and here's this one and here's that one. And then Mary Poppins shows up and it's very cute because she kind of her shadow falls over one of his drawings. And he says, hold on. I know that silhouette. And he starts drawing around her and then looks up and he's like, Mary Poppins, you know, yeah. so good to see you. And she's like, hello, Bert. We are going to the park. And he's yeah, kind of like... the kids are like, oh, Mary's going to take us to the park. And yeah. he's like, no, she's not. No, she's not. That's something other nannies do. But right. when you're with Mary Poppins, you're going to go on an adventure. Exactly. So then he's talking about some of these adventures that they go, oh, we could go to the circus. And he this pretends to be on a high wire. part is also too long. Yes. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> it just is. He's like, you could go to the circus. Let me do a 30 second dance about it. Yeah. Or you could go over here. Let me pretend to be doing that. You mm-hmm. know, and I'm like, you could go punting on the Thames. Well, I mean, the Thames, he's, you know, he's got a, uh, what's the word? Endear the children to him. Right. Because they're about to hang out for the rest of the movie. That's true. But. Yeah. But Jane sees the a picture of like a lovely English countryside. And Bert says, oh, there's a fair, you know, just right over that hill. Mm -hmm. And that's where Jane says she wants to go. And Mary's like, well, I have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) That's not where we're going. Yeah, she's very, she just gaslights the children. The whole movie. Several times. So much gaslighting. Um, Bert says, I don't need you. I'll do it myself. We just need a little bit of magic. I know some. You just do a wink, you do a double blink, jump your eyes and close your eyes and jump. Jump your eyes. Don't no. forget it. Don't <laughs> bring it around town. It didn't work. And Mary Poppins is like, don't be ridiculous. It goes like this. And then poof, they're in this little drawing. Yep. And talk about a scene that takes too fucking long. This next song. Yeah, the song is so long. Yeah. So there's, there's a part too where I'm like, oh, that was cute. And then it just kept going. It I was like, keeps it's going. Still going. It's not over yet. <laughs> I yeah. think it's very funny that this is Mary Poppins' first day. She's only just met the children about 25 minutes prior. And True. she's like, let's go hang out with my boyfriend. They jump into <laughs> this chalk drawing on the sidewalk and part ways. Jane I mean, and Michael go off in one direction. How, Obviously, they can't get lost. How far can they go? Wait, it's, it's, it's a, a magical drawing. drawing. There's yeah. nothing bad in here. It's just funny that she's yeah. like, so nice to meet you. 
fuck off. Yeah. And so, yes, they go in one direction to go explore the circus. And she and Bert go on a date. I know. <laughs> Which is very cute. It is cute. But you're supposed to be watching the children. Yeah. You're supposed to be a nanny. So Not then a they slut. Sing, well, okay. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care what she does in her time off. <laughs> Um, so we sing the the Jolly Holiday song. And it's a jolly holiday with Mary. Yeah, mostly farm animals. He's conducting, yeah, these cute cartoon They're animals. They're so cute. They're very cute. And all the animals sing along. Yeah. Have their own little lines. Yeah. And the pig is so fat and his eyes are so small. I know. And it's his voice by Thurl Ravenscroft. So we've got some... Real heavy Tony the Tiger. Oh, some real yes. heavy the heavy hitters in here, and like I said, Jay Pat O'Malley is in here. Yeah, um, and some other dudes. I'll get to it at the end who are like in this scene mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, that guy. You know, they've got yeah. one line, but it's just like it's fucking Walt Disney pulling his it's, weight, being like, yeah. you, you, you. It's very. This it's, is the most Walt Disney yeah. part of this whole movie for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. So we <laughs> then Mary's line, which is. Yeah, a little so bit weird. The whole song is like 10 fucking minutes long, right? Yeah. And it's mostly about how nice it is to hang out with Mary. Sure. You know, everybody sings it. The farm animals are like, fuck yeah, we love Mary. Bert's like, Mary's my best friend. Yeah. This shit rules, you know? <laughs> and then Mary has one little verse. Uh-huh. And it goes, it yes. Oh, oh, it's a jolly holiday with you, Bert. Gentlemen like you are few, though you're just a diamond in the rough, Bert. Underneath your blood is blue. You'd never think of pressing your advantage. Forbearance is the hallmark of your creed. A lady needn't fear when you are near. Your sweet gentility is crystal clear. Oh, it's a jolly holiday oh, with you, Bert. It's a jolly holiday with you, Bert. Which, yes. I, I get it, especially after you explain the next part, mm-hmm. you know, that it was demanded. By yeah. the author of the story that we know that there's nothing romantic going on between the two of them. Right. And so I think, you know, the point of this verse is to be like, I know that you're not try- going to try anything because we're just pals. Yeah. But it's too serious. It's the, you're totally right. It's the line, a lady needn't fear. Yeah. And I think maybe, you know, they were just like, I don't know, just make it rhyme. And and maybe it's a little bit, you know, too, like this is 1910s England. The words are a little bit different, True. you know, but it, it, yeah, it is too serious. And it also comes across as like, oh, at least I know that I can be alone with you. Yes. And you won't assault me. Yeah. And that's my favorite thing about you, Bert. <laughs> <laughs> he, he never gets handsy. You never get handsy. <laughs> you stay over there, Bert. And I really like that about you. <laughs> Two feet at all times in between us. No, I yeah, they could have worded it a little bit better to just I mean I understand that Pamela Travers, the author of Mary Poppins really wanted like you said to drive home this like they are friends. There is nothing romantic between them and there never has been, which mm-hmm. maybe they should stop looking at each other like that. Just saying. But you know not to say that women and men can't be friends because they can't. But not in the year 1910 when they can't even vote <laughs> the power dynamic is too different well that's what she's saying yeah you know she's like i don't even have to think about it bert when i'm hanging out with you it's just you're we're just, just hanging one out one of the one, you're just my friend so it is nice but they should have worded it better if you're not like other girls you're not like other girls bert <laughs> anyway they're walking through the countryside looking at all the chalk 
And then they they go to a frantic penguin restaurant. I know, which the penguins are so cute. They're just like, anything for you, Mary Poppins. You're our favorite person. And they order some food that they never get. They never get it. They don't even wait for it. They order it all, and then they walk away. They order it all, and then Bert and the penguins dance for 45 minutes. Oh, God. So long. And then they leave. He, like, pulls his pants down to do... Not down, but, you know. They just magically, like... like Penguin give pants. him penguin legs yeah mm-hmm. it's it's cute it's very cute but again way too fucking long finally the song is over and they walk away and then they catch up with michael and jane mm-hmm. who have been at the carnival whatever it's not really a carnival there just happens to be a merry-go-round in the middle of nowhere well it maybe that one has escaped from the rest oh, of the right right, right like, they right, had right. to be doing something they can't have just been on a merry-go-round for this entire it, they're children in 1910 song. Maybe so. That's the most exciting thing that's ever happened. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. So they all get on it together and Michael goes, woohoo, four times. <laughs> woohoo! Like you're going two miles an hour in a circle, my man. He's he's really, it's theater of the mind for him. Like yeah. he's just imagining that it's a lot better. Yeah. Um, which they're like, What a what a great time we're having until Bert's like, Yeah, I guess if you like going around in circles never get anywhere. And Mary Poppins' like, Oh yeah. So then all of their carousel horses get off the carousel yeah they and go float away floating away through the countryside and again here we go they join up with a fox hunt where they save a very irish fox i know he's so cute faith and begara yeah i thought i was a goner yeah they're like scoop no we got you buddy he was very reminded me very much of sword in the stone mm-hmm. just of like archimedes a little bit yeah and the like, the the body structure of the wolf with mm-hmm. like Archimedes' yes. sass. Yes. yes. And then, yeah, so they save him and then they get caught up in a horse race, which Mary Poppins wins sitting sure. side saddle yeah. very handily. Yeah. And while they're, the bunch of people are interviewing her, you know, about her win, a bunch mm-hmm. of cartoon people, everybody else is a cartoon in this, in this world, yes. obviously. And they say, well, I imagine there are no words to describe how you're feeling. <laughs> She says, not on your life, buddy. I got the perfect word. <laughs> right, Bert? And then they sing supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Yep. um de lily um de um de lily um de Which is a delightful song. <laughs> and also a word that they did not make up for this movie. What? It existed in the world before this movie came out. I know. Absolutely wild. So there was a song called supercalifragilisticexpialidocious that came out in 1949. Huh. Written by Gloria Parker and Marnie Young. And they tried to sue Disney for plagiarism. They're like, we wrote that song fucking 20 years ago, dude. You can't put it in your movie. Yeah. But they lost because Disney lawyers cited what? this article. <laughs> I just cannot imagine this court case. <laughs> your honor. honor <laughs> my intellectual property, supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, has been stolen from me by this man. Yeah, so... Disney was like, uh, no, look at this article from 1931 mm. where a woman named Helen Herman wrote that she had concocted an expression. She said, several years ago, I concocted an expression which to me includes all the words in the category of something wonderful. I believe that I am the sole originator of it, or at least I have my own interpretation of its pronunciation. Supercalifragilistic expialidocious implies all that is grand, great, glorious, splendid, superb, wonderful, well, all that is just supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. It was just a word that existed. And the the guys who wrote all all of the songs for this movie yeah. were two brothers named Robert and Richard Sherman. Okay. And they 
So they wanted had... to put an R in there. <laughs> Califragilistic. Right. Well, they had, like, you know, gone to summer camp together as children and had kind of, they remembered having a word sort of like this. They learned it at camp and they brought it home and their parents were like, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah. And so they really wanted to include it, you know, where Jane and Michael have this word that their parents are just like, what? And so uh, that's why they put it in there. But it's just like, I don't know. It's wild that it yeah, it, existed it, before. It wasn't made up for this. Yeah. yeah, somebody else made it up before. Yeah, by 30, 34 years. So. Well, looking at our notes and seeing that word written out four times in one paragraph. I know, it's spelled three different ways. I'm quitting. <laughs> <laughs> it's wild. But um, while, while they're singing, it starts to rain. Yeah. And the drawing gets washed away, so they get bounced out of it. Yep. And then they just stand there. <laughs> yeah, they're just like, oh, we're, we're back outside. Yeah. Outside of the chalk drawing that's getting washed away. And so we gotta go home because it's waning. Head home, yep. And when they get home, it's medicine time because people who get their feet wet have to take medicine. Yeah. And the kids are upset because they think it's castor oil, which I would be upset too. Gross. Yeah, they specifically said in their advertisement... Mm-hmm. No castor oil, please. Yes. But as she pours it out, it's a different color for each child. Yeah. And it tastes great to them. Tastes different. Yeah. This was another thing that they did not put in the script for the children. And so when she pours it into the spoon for Jane and it's a different color than Michael's was, her little like squeal of delight is genuine. Oh, that's cute. She didn't know it was going to be yeah. a different color. It was very sweet. Yeah. And they one is lime cordial and the other is... I don't remember something yeah. else and hers is rum punch yes and she makes a little hiccup noise to let us know that there is booze in it it's just rum yep the punch is because it's rum so she sends them off to bed and gaslights the hell out of them until they fall asleep basically because <laughs> she's like okay it's bedtime and they're like i can't fall asleep we had such a wonderful day like i just kind of i need to process my feelings and she's like what feelings yeah, we none went of, to the park none of that happened we just went to the park what are you so excited about yeah a respectable person like me in a horse race I should say not. I should say not. And they're yeah. like, uh, okay, well, now we got to process this. So <laughs> we're going to be up at least two more hours. But, you know, they're like, we're not going to bed. Absolutely not. We're going to talk all about it. And she's like, you know what? That's fine. Stay up. I don't care. And then she starts singing them a song called Stay Awake, which is a very cute song. It is a very cute song. If it wasn't in the register of high A. <laughs> sure. Whatever. But this was one of julia andrews's favorite songs in this movie and she mm. heard that they were going to cut it out of the movie and so she straight away wrote a letter <gasps> to pamela travers who wrote the mary poppins books and said please i love the song so very much make them keep it in and pamela was like you ain't making this movie if that song doesn't get in there which i just think the whole thing is just really cute yeah she was like oh no i will write a letter i'll write a letter to pamela <laughs> which is interesting because and i'll talk more about the struggles between Pamela Travers and Walt Disney later, but she hated all the songs. Oh. Um, and so for her, she just liked Julie Andrews so much Aww. that Julie Andrews was like, no, I really like the song. She was like, okay, for you, Julie, it's stay in it. You can have one song. Yeah. And I'm going to bitch about the rest of them. Yep. So the next day, we assume, Mrs. Banks says she's going to go throw rotten eggs at the Prime Minister. She asks Helen Ellen, <laughs> Helenor, if... She remembered to put the rotten eggs in her purse, Yeah, which is funny. I know. They kept them for her for this very... Yeah. And then Mr. Banks comes in and she's telling him how the whole household has been in such a delightful mood since he hired Mary Poppins. Yeah. Because everyone's getting along. Right. The cook and the maid are getting along. They usually fight like Mm -hmm. cats and dogs. 
She says, one of them hasn't even broken a plate today. <laughs> the children are dressed and singing. And they bring flowers into their mother. And George is like, mad about it. Yeah. I hate this when people are pleasant. Is ridiculous. <laughs> what is happening to my household? And she's like, you know, George, I thought you would be happy that everybody's happy. And he's like, I like it when people are happy, but this is everyone's on meth. <laughs> this is a step too far. My okay? children are singing super califragilisticexpialidocious, and right. I will not stand for it's it. It's not a word. Um, so he is all grumpy, but he is also singing. It's funny too because she really does try. She's like, I think it's you. Yeah. And he's like, no, it's not me. Right. And she's like, no, I think you're the problem here. Yeah. I mean, look, everyone around you is having a good time and getting along. Yeah. And you're grumpy about it. It's a common denominator here, George. Maybe he just brushed his mustache up too <laughs> tightly that day. It's tickling his nostrils. You know, like when you wear your hair in a ponytail that's too tight? Yeah. And it gives you a headache? Maybe yeah. that was the issue. Too much wax. Too much wax. Pulling on his face. His mustache is not, it's not like curled at the ends, you know, like classic Monopoly guy. It's like brushed up. Really? Yeah. I didn't notice. It's goofy. It is goofy. He's a goofy man. <laughs> but so I do like him though, because it's the vibes of when we talked about last month, a Christmas story, how like the dad is supposed to be this grumpy man. Yeah. But then he takes breaks to be silly and sing songs like in, in the in ralphie's imagination right yeah and so you know that the actor is like a very silly guy yeah he's he trying has to, to be. play a very serious man mm -hmm. and i really like it because you know the the vibes are still there and it's very funny but the vibes are good the vibes are good so we see mary poppins and the children are all leaving the house and she has a list of things that they need to do real things we, we're gonna stop by this shop and we're gonna go this you know we've got some oh, errands to run. yeah because while mr banks is upset uh, the neighbor fires a shot everything goes sliding he touches the piano and he's like when I sit down in an instrument I want it to be in tune yes and she's like you don't even play the piano right so as Beside they're leaving the point, Winifred. yeah as they're leaving Mary Poppins is like all right we're going to the piano tuner yep we're gonna go buy a fish yep something else yeah tune yeah. a fish tune a piano <laughs> anyway but they get interrupted by andrew the dog in his little sweater who runs yeah. up and barks at her and she's like slow down i can't understand a word that you're saying they have an adorable little conversation yeah and she's like okay we've got to go right away mm -hmm. so they go visit uncle albert yes bert is there he says his name is albert too oh maybe robert anyway yeah they go bert's there and he's like oh it's real bad this time mary poppins and so they go in to see this man who is floating Near the ceiling. Yes. And the minute and that you hear his voice. Yeah. It is a Mad Hatter. Yes. It is so clear. It's Edwin. Apparently he was supposed to, Ed, that's two names, Ed, yeah. Win. Right. He was supposed to have like a Vienna, v Viennese, he was supposed to be from Vienna. Okay. And he said, no, I'm American. <laughs> and that's how he just does his own little silly voice. Um, he's the only person in this whole movie who has an American accent because he's just like, no. But it's also the silliest voice ever that you don't really realize that he's American because right. he's just like you don't his pick own up on it. person. Oh, yeah, you know? but, but you, I just, I haven't seen the animated Alice in Wonderland probably in 20 years and I immediately was like, oh, that's the Mad Hatter. I, know, I love the way he talks. <laughs> he it's has so such cute. a distinct voice. I love yes. it. Yeah. I have been reading The Lord of the Rings mm. to my boyfriend. Yeah. And we got to the chapters with Tom Bombadil, who I do not like. Yeah. And so I jo I didn't actually do it, but I joked that I was going to make Tom Bombadil sound like this. I would just be like, oh, hello, Hobbit. Welcome to my home. 
<laughs> oh, the, you're carrying a ring, you say. That sounds mighty important. I didn't do it, though, because I chickened out. Okay, what if in our new Humblewood campaign? <laughs> That's what I sound like. Oh, an adventure. That sounds very exciting. Let me just pack up my things and we'll be on our way. So... <laughs> Um, it's time for another song, which I had forgot about, but I really do love this song. It's very cute. He just talks about how much he loves to laugh. And yeah. And he starts laughing, he starts floating, and then he ends up by the ceiling again, mm-hmm. which he really should just, if it happens all the time, and he seems to be having a good time, just put some pulleys. Yeah, you yeah. Know, so you can know, get back like, down to the bathroom or whatever. Exactly. Stop calling other people and bothering them with your problems. I don't think he called anyone. I think the dog just heard him. <laughs> well, Bert's there. And yeah. then I think Bert sends Andrew to go get Mary Poppins. Yeah. But uh, she's being real snobby about it. This scene um, doesn't contribute really anything to the story at all. Nope. But I'm glad it's there and I really like it because it's just such a cute concept. Yeah. That you could just accidentally be so happy that you're floating. Yeah. You know. I love to laugh. <laughs> loud and long and clear. <laughs> and it's just, it's just really sweet. I know. And they... it's nice that the kids get to see someone be silly too because their house is so. Right. You know, the um, way that it is. They tell a lot of dumb jokes. Mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, uh, the children and Bert start giggling and they float up to the ceiling and yep. Mary Poppins is snobby about it. She's like, oh, yeah. wow. I don't have time for this. Get back down here. This yeah. is of all the silliest thing I've ever seen in my whole life. Mm-hmm. And they're, Finally, like, come on, Mary Poppins, get up here. You know, because she's like, we're late for tea. And, <laughs> and he's, he's like, like, look, there's a table right there. <laughs> that's that's my version of his voice. It's, it's beautiful. <laughs> I've got a whole tea set, a lovely tea set out for us. It's just down there. <laughs> so she makes the table float up. Yeah. And then they all sit and, and have tea. And then she goes and joins them and they, yeah. and they have a tea, which is very delightful. And then she's like, really, we have to go. And so he's like, okay, hang on. The only way to get down is to to tell a sad story and so he starts to tell a sad story but then he turns into a joke he, i just can't help myself and they end up back up in the sky yeah he then... says that his neighbor's cat got run over yeah and everyone starts to just like lower yeah you know, and float down and they get sad he says that the person who ran over the cat felt really bad and offered to replace it yeah and the neighbor said well okay but how good are you at catching mice <laughs> And then they all laugh so hard they hit the ceiling. <laughs> yes. That's really funny. So she says, seriously, though, it, it's really time to go. And they're all like, well, that's sad enough to, to bring this party to a halt. So they all go back down to the ground. The little boy who plays Michael mm. was afraid of heights. And so he really did not want to do the scene. But they're like, we have to. What if we give you an extra 10 cents for every take that we do of Aww, this scene? Yeah. Like, okay. So they added it to his salary at the end but they promised him every time we have to do another take we'll give you 10 cents so some tuppence yeah which you know when you're seven yeah in 1960s hell yeah 10 cents hell yeah you can get like 10 candies yeah and uh then dick van dyke and uncle albert are just on the floor crying Mm -hmm. and (laughs) bert tries to cheer him up by telling a joke about a man named smith i once knew a man with one Wooden leg named Smith. What was the other leg's name? <laughs> <laughs> it's a terrible joke and it doesn't fix anything because no. Uncle Albert's like, well, it would help if that was funny. <laughs> Bird's like, oh, I know, I tried. Yeah, it's yeah, you're right. It's a, it's just a very 
very cute scene. We never hear from this man again, but it's yeah. just like I'm just glad he's there. Mary Poppins just knows a lot of silly people, mm-hmm. you know, and it's great. So now we see George Banks, who is on his way home, ignoring the admiral, who is trying to warn him that something weird is happening at his house. Yeah, he's like Banks. Why is this ignoring them? So no, he gets home. Too cranky. Very cranky. And he sees Mary Poppins and he tells her that he's very disappointed. Ooh. And he starts his song again about what a British household should be like. Yeah. And it, it's kind we, of a reprise from the British nanny song to right. be what a British house should look like this. Right. And and we kind of get this feeling that he's had this conversation with nannies before. Yeah. The kids think that she's about to get fired. Yeah. You know. And I think that is kind of his intention when it starts out. But it absolutely is. But she she full flip mode just mm-hmm. turns it around on him and she's like i absolutely agree 100 percent. you are the man of this house and everything that you say goes and you know you want the kids to be just like you i you're totally right it's a really good idea that they go with you to work tomorrow and he's like yeah wh- uh, what and she's like i'll have them ready to go at 8 a.m sharp you know they'll be dressed and ready to accompany you good yep. idea mr banks and then she leaves before he can say anything else and he's just like um sure okay that went well (laughs) yep that's what i that was my idea yeah so up in their room you know mary poppins goes up and the kids are like oh no please don't leave us and she's like what i'm not going anywhere and they're like didn't you get sacked and she's like i never get sacked mary poppins does not get sacked okay and you know she explains that you know some men can't see past the end of their nose Mm -hmm. and you're gonna go to the city with your dad tomorrow and he probably walks by all these wonderful things and never sees them because he's just very focused on himself and his life and you know i want you to pay attention to stuff yeah on your trip tomorrow yeah and so she starts telling them about is it saint paul's cathedral i think so paul or peter one of them one of the apostles yeah one of them guys and uh she's like Shows him a little snow globe with it in it and some little floaty birds. And she's like, there's a lady there and she sings a song. Yep. About tuppence. Yep. Which the kids are like, well, father must know about this. He walks by it every day. And she's like, I don't know. Just saying. She's there. She sings a song. It's cute. That's all I'm telling you. And they fall asleep listening to her sing this song mm. about the birds. Feed the birds. Which is the song I always think is in Home Alone too. Yeah. Because it's, I mean, they look the it's same. Pigeon lady. Yeah. Pigeon ladies look like pigeon ladies. She what do you must want? be influenced, inspired yeah. by. Mm. Yeah, they're this dressed woman. very similar. Yeah. So Jane Darwell, who plays the bird lady, this was her last feature film. Hmm. She did not want to be in this movie. Huh. But Walt Disney wanted her to be in this movie. And so he bothered her until she agreed. Huh. Sometimes even showing up to her house being like, please, 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 please be in this movie. Why? I wonder. I don't know. Because she's in it for like two seconds. I it know. could have been played by anyone. I think she, I mean, I looked at her IMDb and she obviously was in a lot of things yeah. way before, but he must have just seen her a lot, you know, in movies yeah. that he watched growing up. I'm just, I love her so much. And... Wanted a, like a cameo. Yeah. yeah. So he, he finally convinced her and he even sent a limo to her house to pick her up on the day of shooting and then drop her back off. Aww. So, I mean, she's not in for that long. Come on, man. Just be like, okay. Yeah, just do what? it. So the next day, children off to the bank with their father and mm-hmm. they see the bird lady and yeah. Michael's like oh shit she's real very excited wants to give his tuppence to her to buy a bag of crumbs for the birds yes but his dad will not let him yes yeah he says i've got tuppence for my money box yeah it's my money yeah and his dad says i will not allow that nope so they go into the bank mm-hmm. and they get introduced to the chairman of the bank yeah is it also is he also dick van dyke yes okay i thought so yeah 
he so they wanted to have an actual old man i guess i want to have somebody else play this yeah but dick van dyke read the script and he was like that's hilarious i want to be that old man so bad yeah he told walt disney he's like i'll do it for free like you don't have to pay me any extra you know to be in two different roles i just want to do it it sounds like a lot of fun oh and walt disney was like fine but and he made him audition for the role anyway even oh though he was already in the movie that's funny and he said you have to make a donation to cal arts Oh. Which is like, you know, Walt Disney's yeah. pet project film school. Yeah. And Dick Van Dyke was like, all right, I'll, okay, I'll so fucking he, do it. He didn't get paid. He actually paid to play that role. Paid to, <laughs> to play this role, but he wanted to do it so badly. He just thought it would be a lot of fun. And he really does like ham it up and have a good time I know. With when it. he's trying to just in the, when he first makes his first appearance, he's trying to step down one step. Yes. For like 30 seconds is so funny. Which that was this, that was what solidified his part yeah in this in this role was he was like still doing like test makeup and stuff and so he's in this old man makeup and he weren't even that part wasn't even in the script Mm. he was just goofing about with like other people who were in the cast yeah and like what if i was an old man very carefully trying to get down this one step (laughs) and they were like that's so funny that they built a six inch riser for him to do it (laughs) in the movie (laughs) they're like you're right he should play this old man yeah and so he did it he also Dick Van Dyke said that when he was in the old man makeup, sometimes he would just be like hanging out on the lot in full old man bent over. He would flag down a bus full of tourists and then just go sprinting off. Because <laughs> he's 39 when he made this yeah. movie. So he's, you know, in his full yeah. six foot one. Like, so he'd just be like, oh, hello, I'm an old man. <laughs> <laughs> Which is sound effect. So <laughs> God. I was like, oh, that old man just <laughs> booked it out of here. That's so funny. What a goof. So, I know. He just he does seem like he's having the most fun throughout this entire Yes. Throughout his entire life. I read yeah. an article he's ninety six years old. And I read an article that was written just a little like, you know, page yeah. six blurb about him from last year. Cause somebody saw him out running errands, driving his car and running his errands stuff, and he's like, I'm just happy to be here. Oh my god. <laughs> he's just he's doing okay. I can't how he must have gotten his knees replaced. Yeah. Immediately he, after filming this. A high step <laughs> through so much of this movie. Like, his feet are next to his head, I would say, for like 50% of this movie. Uh, it makes me tired. At 39? 39 years old, yeah. I am 35. If I put my foot next to my head, I'll have to <laughs> lay down. You involuntarily, you're going to lay down whether yeah, you want to Yeah, no, or that's not. what I mean. I would hurt myself. <laughs> yeah. No, he was he was saying he still goes to the gym three days a week and gets in the pool and swims around and he's, he's going to live to be 150. So Love anyway. Him. Love him. In the bank. This is this the is... only song that I just was like, the other ones, it was like, okay, this is too long. This one I just kind of tuned out. I don't care. It's not entertaining. Yeah. They're singing about the virtues of putting your money in the bank. They try to give it a silly name to make it a little, but it's like, I don't care. This is yeah. not entertaining. Yeah. This movie is too long. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like I said at the beginning, well, like I said to you before we were recording, it kept my attention except yeah. for this part. This was the song where I picked up my phone and yeah. I was like, Oh, whoops. I got to pay attention. <laughs> yeah. No, same. I was just like, eh, okay, whatever. Not entertaining. Yeah. Uh, but at the end of the song, the very old man, Mr. Dawes senior played by Dick Van Dyke. Right tries to take michael's tuppence yes. snatches it out of his hand and michael throws a fit give me my money give it back you know is yelling about it mm-hmm. jane's also yelling give him his money 
And then everyone else in the bank hears this and they're like, oh, no, that man will not give someone his money back. Something yeah. bad must be happening. And there's a run on the bank and they all demand their money. People are coming in from the streets being like, give me all my money out of the bank. Yep. Um, so not a great day for the bank. No, not not a great day to be a bank. <laughs> not so this bank. during the frenzy, Jane and Michael escape and run away and they find themselves in a sketchy part of town, which, you know, they get spooked out. Yeah. Um, an old lady chases after them for a bit, who's probably also played by Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> and then they run into Bert, who they don't recognize because he's covered in soot because he's been chimney sweeping because that's his job for the day. Uh huh. And they're like, "Oh, it's you." You know, he he says something like, "Oh, it's your old pal, Bert." You know, I would never harm you. <laughs> that's very much my thing. I would never hurt anyone. Yeah, Mary Poppins. Like, we heard about it. Has no fear from me. <laughs> Um, yeah. yeah, the reason that Bert has so many jobs is because there is no like one Bert character in the books. Oh. There's just Mary Poppins knows a chimney sweep. She knows a guy who makes chalk drawings. Okay. They were like, just make them all one guy. Yeah. So he just, whatever he's doing at the time, that's his job for the day. I mean, it, it seems to me very believable that yeah. a person would be like, I, especially a guy who's like, I make money being a one man band. I make money, you know, whatever. Just yeah. odd job guy. Honestly, the dream. I know I've talked about that on the podcast before. I'm yeah. like, if I could just have whatever goofy job appeals to me that day. Yeah. That's the dream. But so, you know, they sit down and talk for a little bit and Jane and Michael are sad because they're like, our dad doesn't like us. Yeah, we saw the way that he looked at us at the bank and we feel like he doesn't like us. Yeah. But Bert is like, you guys shouldn't be sad. Your dad is the one that I feel sad for. He's trapped in that bank mm -hmm. and he has no one to look out for him. You know, you guys, you've got me, you got Mary Poppins, you got your mom, you got all these other people. Who does your dad complain to? Who does your dad confide in? He's got nobody. He's got to be strong for everybody. And they're like, damn. You yeah. Know? I never thought about it that way. Yeah. It makes him sad. Yeah. So he starts to walk him home. Uh-huh. But then he, he starts singing the Chimney Sweep song, yep. which is my favorite song. It is a really good song. This one would be too long. There's a break in the middle. There's a break in the middle. But the dancing part is too long. Yes. But it's also very cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's really nice <laughs> if to it watch, wasn't so but also cool, exhausting. Yeah, I would be like, okay. But yeah. So they, they do a better job of breaking this song up so that mm. like the song itself is not that long but it takes a long time to get to the end of the song right, because yes. a lot is happening but so he takes the kids back to their home uh tries to leave them there but their mom is like well their dad's at the bank mary poppins has the day off i have a rally to go to helen would you no helen's not gonna do it the cook won't do it the maid won't do it nobody to watch the kids would you soot-covered stranger who i only just met in this I know. moment She's like well the kids seem to like watch you. watch my children yeah i know mm -hmm. that we talked about last week you know takes a village adults should look out for other children right but well, i mean this bitch is not watching out for her kids whatsoever she's not watching out for she them doesn't at spend all. any time with them jack the ripper was <laughs> active only 12 22 years prior to this yeah I mean, he, she's old enough to remember when jack the ripper was running about yeah true but she's, he's like, I mean, um, he's got one of those faces, one of those soot covered faces. <laughs> Trustworthy. No man willing to climb up a chimney could be a weirdo. Yeah. But she kind of, you know, he's like, oh, I, I can't, you know, I have to go clean the, the Lord Mayor's house. Yeah. The mayor's house, his chimney is dirty or whatever. And so she takes this as like, oh, our chimney's dirty. You can just clean that and that'll entertain the kids and, you know, keep an eye on them and win, win. What a great job I've done. Bye bye. Yeah. So... Just abandons her children. Yep. So he does that. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and the kids start helping him, and they, you know, are still kind of singing the song a little bit. And then as they're looking up the chimney, and he's explaining, oh yeah, you know, this is how this works, and you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, whoop! Michael just goes straight up the chimney. Yep. And then Mary Poppins comes in, and she's like, oh my god, duh! I cannot have five minutes to myself. This is ridiculous. What has happened? And he's like, I don't nothing. Um, wait, where's Michael? And then whoop! There goes Jane <laughs> up the chimney. Yep, and then so they gotta go up the chimney and everybody pops out the other side all covered in soot. Yep. And, you know, they're like, well, we're up here now. We may as well explore. Yeah. And it's <laughs> it's cute because Mary's like, all right, I get, like, let's do it, whatever. Yep. She pulls out her little compact to check her face covered mm-hmm. in soot mm-hmm. and just adds more soot to yep. her nose and it's really cute. <laughs> and then they, you know, start singing along and walking across the rooftops. Because... Yep. Why not? And she makes a staircase of smoke. Mm-hmm. They go to the very top of whatever building. They see all of London. They watch the sun go down. It's very pretty. But she's like, all right, we got to go home. You know, it's getting dark. Can't be out after dark. We'll have to eat more castor oil or whatever. <laughs> but yeah. as they are heading home, all the sweeps are out. Yeah. So the song. Yeah, here a it new, comes. A new song yep. called Step in Time. Mm-hmm. That is, like you said, very cool, very cool dance sequence of them all stepping in time. Yeah, it's just very adding things. Like they're on their rooftops, you know, they're jumping from roof to roof. They're using the chimneys as props. They're doing flips. You know, it's it's like fucking circus shit. Yeah, you know, it's cool. It's choreographed, but it keeps going for so long. It's going for a very long time. They just yeah. like they see new things and they're just like, oh. Just, Streets of London, step in time. Step Mary in Poppins, time. Step in time. Step yep. in time. And she dances along for a little bit. Yeah, in her high heels. She does a spin, mm-hmm. a really creepy spin, mm-hmm. because it just shows her face spinning around. Yeah. <laughs> I know. That's like, I don't know. There's always, every once in a while, you get these glimpses of Mary Poppins where you're like, hmm, maybe I don't trust her. Yeah. Like you said, she's a cryptid. She's just a little creepy. But then she's fine. You know, she's very sweet and she does all, we do all these cool things. And then something else will happen. You're like, ah. Oh, yeah, like her. she's weird. She's very like too powerful. Yeah, like you can tell she's holding back, and then sometimes she accidentally goes like a half step too far, and she's like, "Whoops, whoopsie!" Ha ha. Anyway, like thought, come along, children. No, yeah, like, okay. the spinning too fast thing could be in a Stephen King novel. Yes. Like I could see that. Yes, because her face stays in the same spot. Yes, <laughs> it's very creepy. I know. It is a l- just a little bit like hmm, I don't know about that. Anyway. But so <clears throat> the admiral sees all of this dancing happening from his house. And he's like, something weird's going on over there. Loads a bunch of fireworks into his cannon and shoots them all at the chimney sweep. So they all scatter and they all go down various chimneys, but somehow all end up in the bank's sitting room. Yeah. Covered in soot. Luckily, Bert had covered everything with That's true. Tarps he did get before, that part beforehand. So um, the house is not sooty. Speaking of one's knees yeah they actually had to film that whole sequence twice oh shit because they filmed the whole thing which took a week to do yeah and then when they went back to look at it they realized that the film itself was scratched oh and so they had to do it again no i know God. <laughs> poor dick van dyke is just like guys i fucking knees because yeah. i mean presumably all these other guys are at least professional dancers right yeah and, and you like, can kind of see when he isn't in mm-hmm you know, like the the big group of dancers. Yeah, he's like, what if I just sashayed to this corner <laughs> of right, the roof yeah. and clapped along? But even then, yeah. But yeah, he's, yeah. 
high stepping, kicking around the whole time. It's exhausting. So anyway, yeah, they had to do it twice. Once, yeah, so once all these chimney sweeps are done, parkouring all over the roofs and annoying the shit out of whoever lives in the house below. Yeah. I just imagined a man being like, I swear on my mother's grave, Victoria, <laughs> there must be 30 tap dancing chimney sweeps on the roof. She's like, no, it's all in your head. Yeah, she, they haven't invented hearing aids yet, so she has no idea what's happening. What? <laughs> chimney sweeps, you say? I would have heard them. He's like, they're all up there. Yes. It's probably just raccoons, dear. (laughs) (laughs) And then, yeah, they're done, I guess, annoying those other people. So they've come to annoy the banks. They're all in their home, Mm -hmm. dancing around, still singing the Step in Time song. Winfred comes home and they start dancing with her. Votes for women, Step in Time. (laughs) And then George comes home and says, what's all this? What's all this? Step in Time. It's like they can't help it. They're just because yeah. actually they pop out of the chimneys dancing yeah. mm-hmm. and then they dance off down the street. Yeah. So as far as we know, they just continue to dance for forever. Yeah. They, that's all they do. That's they're much like Uncle Uncle Albert, where they can't <laughs> stop laughing. They can't stop dancing. Please cannot someone help dancing. them. They cannot quit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they all get shuffled out the front door and they dance off into the night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> George is really mad. And he turns to Mary Poppins and he's like, would you please explain what's going on? Yeah. And she says, yes, I will tell you one thing. <laughs> I never explain anything. <laughs> and she kind of giggles to herself a little and just goes upstairs. Yeah. Well, I think she's kind of like, oh, shit. How do I get out of this? And then she's like, no, here's how I get out of it. Goodbye. And then she walks away. No. <laughs> So then the phone rings, George answers it, and the chairman's son has called him and says, you need to come to the bank at 9 p.m. sharp. It's extremely serious. Yeah, which is a weird time. 9 p.m., yeah. Oh, I can't wait till the next day. They all just, it's it kind of, you get the impression they all just stay at the bank all the time. Well, I guess, because so, he's sitting there eating cookies and milk. Yeah. So he's very much like getting ready for bed. Yeah. But they're like, but have him come down to the bank at nine o'clock. Yeah. Which is weird. I don't know. It's very strange. But so, yeah, he's he's very upset about it. And he goes to the fireplace to have a think and tries to blame Mary Poppins. This is all her fault. Everything got weird when she came to the house. Mm-hmm. And Bert, in his very clever way, rather than arguing, starts agreeing with him. Yeah. You know, he's like, oh, you're absolutely right. Mary Poppins is a menace. You know, she tried to trick you. And after all, you're so busy. Yeah. You certainly haven't had the time to pay attention to what's going on around here or even really pay attention to your children at all. Mm -hmm. And you have no idea what they're up to. And before you know it, they're all going to be grown and they won't have any time for you and cats in the cradle and the silver spoon and you'll never see them again. Um, Anyway, bye. (laughs) Bye. And George Banks is just kind of left standing there like, was I just taught a lesson? (laughs) (laughs) I uh, poor Mr. Banks. So many things happened to him. In this I movie. know. <laughs> He's just like, okay. He just I is guess. so certain of how the world works and yes. his place in it. Yeah. And then so many things around him. All at once. Yes. Just rock his worldview. Yeah. So he's just like, okay. And then we see Jane and Michael come back down the stairs mm. and they apologize again. And Michael says, you know, here's my tuppence. Hopefully that will fix everything. Will it make everything all right? I know. I know. We go back to bed. So George heads off to the bank at 9 p.m. Yep. To receive a firing. <laughs> and he has, my- <laughs> he has Michael's tuppence in his pocket. 
And he's walking sadly through the London mist to his doom. There's no one else on the streets. No, Bird Lady's even gone home. Yeah. And they let him in the bank and they go into this giant red and black room with a super long table. Yeah. Where I guess they all just sit around at one end of it. Yeah. In their individual spotlights. Yeah. It's very strange. My boyfriend was like, what in the vampire council is this? (laughs) That's what it looks like. I know. So then the chairman's son asks him about the Boston Tea Party. He's like, you know, do you know what happened? And Mr. Banks is very proud of himself for knowing what happened. And he explains it very well. He does. And he makes a little joke about it. Yeah. He's like, they put all the tea in the harbor, which made it uh, unable to drink, even for Americans. <laughs> and he has and a little chuckle and funny. they don't laugh. I know. And then, you know, they say that was the last time there was a run on the bank, on this bank. Until today, because your son caused a run yeah. on the bank. And, you know, he's like, I'm gonna, you know, I take full responsibility for that. And I feel bad. And <laughs> <laughs> the very old man turns to his very old son and says, all right, get on with it then. Yeah. So he goes over, takes his, like, bank-issued boutonniere, <laughs> rips it up. Because they're all wearing one. Yeah, there's, like, yeah. carnation. I know, yeah. which also feels very vampiric, but uh-huh. Okay. He takes his umbrella, flips it inside out, and one guy at the table goes, no, not that. <laughs> and another guy goes, be strong. <laughs> I, it's a very strange scene because there's like not any music. I know. Like, it's very quiet. Yeah. You just get the sounds of like this very serious, you know, everybody's like, oh, no, this is the thing, you know. Yeah. George is sad. All the bank. He's like, going to get it. Yeah. <laughs> And then the things that he, even like the ripping up of the boutonniere is kind of like, oh, that's, you know, it's very it's symbolic. Symbolic, yeah. But then, yeah, he flips his umbrella inside out. It's like, thump, yeah. And he hands it back to him. And then he takes his bowler hat off of his head and punches his hand and through it. And then puts it back on his head. <laughs> it's like, well then, off with you. Yeah. I don't know. It's just very silly. Yeah. And then they're like, do you have anything to say? Yeah. And he seems very stunned. You know, he kind of knew this was coming, I think, but. Still very stunned that's, that it's happened to him. Sure. He reaches into his pocket and he finds Michael's tuppence. He has a little, you know, revelation moment. And he says, actually, yeah, I do. What does he say? Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. What? Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. <laughs> yeah. And he says, do you want to hear a joke? Yeah. And then he tells the wooden leg joke. Yeah. And he's just laughing. Yep. He's losing it. Yep. He's going up to everybody at the table. Yeah. You know, just patting make, him on the, yeah. you know, yeah, here's a joke. Here's here's your tuppence. Take this tuppence. I think I'll go home. I think I'll fly a kite. Yeah. yeah just cracking up. Absolutely. And he, just le- he, and he leaves uh, clicking his heels yeah. down the hall. And everyone's like, damn, he lost. I have the he's- most wonderful nanny in the world. They're like, what? Uh, yeah. They're like, he's, he, well, he's lost it. Yep. And <laughs> they all just kind of sit there in shock for a minute. Uh-huh. And then the old man <laughs> says, wooden leg. he just tries to laugh and he he just does the old man laugh and he starts floating up toward the ceiling yeah everyone's freaking out yeah the mr dawes jr is trying father get down from there but he's just like cracking up a wooden leg (laughs) oh (laughs) 
it's such a fun laugh to make fun of but every now and then i do that involuntarily yeah when somebody surpri- makes me surprise laugh and i'm like ah oh old man laugh turning into an old man no so now we see the weather vane again which has drastically shifted so we know mm. the wind changed because mary poppins had said at the beginning she'll stay, stay until the wind yep. changes so whoosh, the wind has changed she's got to go she's packing up her things from the nursery mm. and the kids are very sad about it yes and then downstairs we see the constable who's on the phone filing a missing persons report about george banks because everybody in the house is saying we haven't seen him since last night you know yeah. he left to go to the bank we know he's going to get fired mm. and we haven't seen him since then uh, the maid says maybe he should drag the river. Yeah, there's a spot that's popular with jumpers. I know, but she is crying. So she's like... Sad, but that's dark. I know. Um, we we get another little scene with Mary Poppins and the kids. Because they say, you know, don't you love us? Yeah. While she's packing her th- things that are too big to fit in the bag. And she says, well, if I loved every child that I had to leave behind, what would that make me? <laughs> Okay. I know. But she's trying to be very strong about it. I know. Because she does love every child. But she does it too well. I know. I know. <laughs> she is too too strong. She's too strong. <laughs> it's true. So, and then we see that George comes up from the basement. Uh-huh. And he's singing. Yeah. He's, and he's so happy. Still wearing, which, so I, I mentioned before that I had a lot of these songs on a sing-along VHS, mm-hmm. including the one that's about to come up about flying a kite. Yeah. But because I watched that way more than I actually watched this movie, I never noticed that his collar is completely disheveled and hanging half loose. There's still, his bowler hat has still been punched through. Yeah, it's like flopping around. He's just, I he never noticed the, any the of that. The stem of the carnation is like still yeah. on his suit jacket, yeah. on his lapel. Yeah. I didn't have any any context for that and so those details just completely flew over my head didn't exist yeah did not register yeah um but yeah so he calls the children down from upstairs he's like Mm -hmm. i've been in the cellar all night i've got to show you something and so they come down and they look and he has fixed their kite yes it took him from probably 10 p.m to 8 a.m to tape up a kite yeah (laughs) that's fine well first he had to google How to make a kite. Time travel first so that he could Google. Yeah. 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 But he fixed their kite and he sings them a little song about it. Yes. Let's go fly a kite. Yes. Up to the highest height. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I like that song. Yeah. It's cute. cute. And, you know, Mrs. Banks puts her little suffragette sash. Yeah, on is the tail. Proper kite needs a tail. And yep. this is, uh, I remembered where the mm. constable's on the phone and he's like, that's what I said, sir. Go fly a kite. And then he waits. I don't mean you personally. <laughs> <laughs> um, And now we're outside and we see Bert for the day is a kite salesman because mm. it's the perfect wind for it. Yep. And the men from the bank are all there. They're like, oh, Banks. And we see yeah. uh, Mr. Dawes Jr. is there and he explains that father died laughing in his sleep last night because that joke you told him was so funny and mr banks is like i am so sorry yeah and he's like he's no, like no i've never seen him so happy you know it was like a great way to go out yeah and he left an opening for a new partner so he puts another fucking carnation boot near on his lapel i guess he just has a pocket full yeah he just hires people on the street <laughs> oh, yeah and so he got his job back yeah but and a promotion yeah yeah uh, and then we see Mary Poppins, who is talking to her umbrella. It's got like a little parrot head on the mm-hmm. end of it. And it's a little puppet 
And, you know, she's like, I'm not sad to leave them at all. You uh, shush. You shush. And he's the like, parent, yeah, okay. The parent is like, it seems like they care about their parents more than you. Yeah. And she says, yeah, that's the point. That's, that's how that's it my should job. be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we learn the lesson that her job was not actually, she wasn't there to take care of the kids. She was there to bring the family closer together. And then her job is done. So she must go. Exactly. Which is why she tells Mr. Banks, I'll give you a week. I think, I think maybe I can fix this in a week. Yeah. Which she does. Um, and that's it. That's Woo! the end. The end. We made it. So, we did it. Yeah. We made it to the end. The thing that I forgot to say about Dick Van Dyke playing Mr. Dawes Sr. is that the kids who played Jane and Michael did not know that that was Dick Van Dyke oh. in makeup. And they were very concerned that this very old man was going to drop dead at any minute. Because oh. he's like fallen all over the place, yeah. you know, and like clearly, well, not clearly, but he's very frail. And they were just yeah. like, oh my God. Yeah. Should he be dancing around? <laughs> very sing old it? Man. Is he okay? We killed him with our joke. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah. Anyway, replay, rewind. I mean, if I have a spare two and a half hours. Sure. Sometime, sure, I would watch it again. Yeah, it is. It is really nice, and there really is only one part where I'm like, eh. I'm not watching this. Yeah, the that one animated scene is like, all right, we get it. I know it's, it's too. Long. It's very cool, but yeah, it's too long. Yeah, yeah, but did it's it, cute. Did it make you cry? No, it almost. You know, I was, I was like, oh, I got a little sad at the end when Mary Poppins is trying very hard to be brave yeah. and strong, but yeah, it didn't make me cry. No, me neither. Yeah, so as we know, came out August 27th, 1964. Yeah, 1964. I wonder what that year was like. Haven't ever looked into it <laughs> for the past month. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it had a budget of $4.426 million. Nobody's okay. quite sure what they spent on it. You know, yeah. sometimes you lose track of a book here and there. But it made $103.1 million. It was the top grossing movie of 1964. Nice. All of 1964. Yeah, yeah. Which, um, I mean... An Elvis movie came out and the Beatles movie came out. So yeah. that's pretty exciting. And yeah. My Fair Lady with Audrey Hepburn came out yeah. that year. And it made more than that movie, which is great because we'll talk about it in just a minute. Okay. <laughs> it has a 96% on Rotten Tomatoes. As it should. Yeah. The other Beloved. 4% is just for the bank song. <laughs> like, I would have <laughs> given it 100, but psh, yeah, just can't get past that bank song. Um, Yeah. So as I have sort of mentioned a couple of times throughout the episode, the original story came from a collection of books about a nanny named Mary Poppins, Mm -hmm. who was written by a woman named Pamela Travers. Yeah. Which Walt Disney read her books to his daughters when they were young and they made him promise that he would make it into a movie. And he said, you got it. And then he spent the next 20 years trying to get the rights. And Pamela Travers said, no. Oh, damn. Leave me alone. And he, much like Jane Darwell or whatever that lady's name was <laughs> would show up at her house yeah. in England and be like, please, Pamela. And she'd be like, no, get off my porch, you <laughs> psychopath. I love that Walt Disney was just like, um, if I if I just show up. Yeah, but I've flown so far. Yeah, like, how can you say no? Come on. Watch me. Come on. Yeah. One of her arguments was, I mean, especially in 1938 when he started, yeah. she's like, you've only done animation and this movie it's not going to do well in animation. Mm-hmm. He's like, I can do other things, Pamela. I'm a man of many talents. Please, let me. What if I make Old Yeller? Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> he just kept trying. But unfortunately, she finally conceded because she needed the money. Her books weren't selling as well. And she was like, fine. 
Yeah, and I'm sure he offered her, you know, kept offering her more and more money as time went on. And it probably got to a point where she was like, okay, well, I would be stupid to say no. Right. Yeah. And he flew her out to Los Angeles, you know. Yeah. So he was like, come on, look, I got money. Mm. That's what you need. So she said, okay, but I want to be included in decisions. I want to be an advisor on the film. I want to get to make script decisions. And he said, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, that didn't last very long mm. because then she would say things like, oh, I don't like that. And he said, I said you had script editing, you know, powers, Pamela, but not final cut editing powers. Yeah. So if I decide that that's going in there, it's going in there. Yeah. And so she got really frustrated about it, especially there are very like Stephen King, Stanley Kubrick oh. vibes in this because, yeah. you know, the book was very important to her. The character of George Banks was based on her own father. And she just, she's like, you keep cutting elements out of my movie in the books. I guess Mary Poppins is a lot. She's a very cold vein person. Yeah. And she's like, this is not, who is this lady? You know, that's that's not what I wrote at all. And you're like changing it around and you're adding all these stupid songs that I hate. I don't like any of them. Um, She didn't like the animation. As soon as she saw the animator, she was like, I'm, that's it. I'm fucking, I'm walking out. I quit. You can't have it. And he was like, no, 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 no. It's just going to be part of it that's animated. Yeah. And she was like, all right. Yeah. You know, so she just, they I don't just know fought how the whole time. To make a cow sing. I have to draw it. <laughs> right. Um, She didn't even get invited to the premiere. Because of their. Of her own fucking movie. Yeah. Basically. Be- because of their spat. I yeah. guess. Yeah. But she kind of bullied a Disney executive into getting her an invite and so he did and so she went and they watched the movie and then at the after party she said well the first thing to go is that animation sequence and walt disney said pamela that ship has sailed you yeah know, the movie is done it's done that's that was the premiere you've seen it yeah so she was very upset she kept writing mary poppins books up until 1988 which is just i don't know because mary poppins feels so old yeah that's one it's you know the movie came out in 64 but then the book the movie is a set like in the 1910s in the 1910s it's just wild to think that she was still putting out mary poppins books in 1988 and then she died in 1996 at 96 years old oh damn she did say again with the stephen king parallels in a 1977 interview she said i've seen the movie once or twice and i've learned to live with it it's glamorous and it's a good film on its own level but i don't think it is very like my books yeah so, you know, you just got to learn to separate. Yeah. I actually just went through and read a bunch of stuff about Stephen King's thoughts on The Shining yeah. to Hot Toes like two days ago. Yeah. Because I was trying, I'm trying to convince her to read The Shining because she's never read it. Yeah. And yeah, it, it, that feels very similar of him. Like his initial response being like, well, I hate it. Yes. Because he's like, this is something so important to me. Yeah. And you've changed it so much. You've made it into your own stupid thing. That's nothing like what I wrote. Yeah. You changed this very important character to me. You know, mm-hmm. Wendy. is supposed to be strong. Yeah. Yeah. And she's just crying the whole time. You yeah. Know? You just made her into and the this main, sad. The main character of the movie is Jack when it's supposed to be Danny. Right. Like. Yeah, which that's that's what Pamela Travers said. She wanted the main focus of this movie to be George Banks. Oh. And he is. Yeah. I mean, he's the one who learns and grows the most. Yeah, he's the one with the, the arc. Right. Yeah. But he comes off as this like kind of secondary character. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of parallels there. And then later coming around and saying like, you know, it's good. It's yeah, just it's a good not movie. Mine. Yeah, it's just not. Yeah. Yeah. Should have called it something else. Yeah. Yeah. She actually, in the same way that Stephen King was like, what if I made my own movie? Mm-hmm. She 
had like there's a Mary Poppins oh. theater production oh. you know that she was somebody approached her and she was at first she was like absolutely not and then she's yeah. like well okay but this is not happening this is not you know and she you had a lot put more. any animation in this yeah <laughs> can't put anywhere can't put any animation <laughs> in it but they they were like well what if we hired those same guys who wrote the songs for the movie and she was like no are you anybody listening to me <laughs> and they said okay okay we won't do that what it, but we are gonna have to put in some of the songs from the movie because when people hear the name mary poppins now that's they what they're think gonna expect yeah she's she like okay fine so i mean you know just her trying to like she made this thing that was very near and dear to her heart and all these people going well what if i ruined it yeah so they did they made a movie about that called saving mr banks oh. where tom hanks plays walt disney yeah and i forget who plays pamela travers but just them you know arguing about interesting trying so to get this movie made about and... saving the character of mr yes. banks yeah. yeah that's cool yeah so this movie itself was directed by robert stevenson who also directed old yeller mm. he did the absent-minded professor and that darn cat which i think the original yeah obviously which i think is very funny that he was responsible for two things that created later things that are not very beloved yes he's like i was just trying to make movies and then other people like what if we made garbage out of them (laughs) what if and then like i said there's some people that we've talked about before bill lee who was one of the dogs in lady and the tramp Hmm. in that quartet called the mellow men and then jimmy mcdonald who voices another one of the barnyard animals yeah he was the guy who they pulled out of retirement to do all the foley for the rescuers to voice oh, like even rude and stuff because yeah. they're like you're the absolute best in the biz you gotta come yeah so he worked on this movie uh j pat o'malley and then thrill ravenscroft like i said a lot of just really yeah. really big big names at the big time names in ancient animation yes yeah so originally walt disney was thinking maybe betty davis or angela lansbury for the role of mary poppins Mm. because she was supposed to be this like very cold character which betty davis i can see angela Angela lansbury is is very warm cold yeah i don't think of her that way at at all i know i do think that she can do it i mean she played mrs lovett in like the theater version of sweeney todd so yeah she can she's very sure she's got a lot of range yeah um but yeah i don't think she's a cold no i don't think of her that way no but anyway then he went and saw a theater production of Camelot that mm. Julia, that Julie Andrews was in. And yeah. he was like, oh, no, she's perfect. I want her to be in it. And so yeah. he approached her backstage, basically told her the entire plot of the movie. Yeah. I was like, I really want you to be in this. And she was like, I mean, it sounds nice, but I am, I have auditioned for and I'm being considered for the role of Eliza Doolittle in My Fair Lady. Mm. So if I get that part, I'm going to do it. Yeah, I can't do both. Yeah. And he was like, I'll wait. If you end up being in My Fair Lady, I will wait until that movie is done to start making this movie. I really want you to be in this part. And she was like, well, that's really nice of you. Yeah. But then the role ended up going to Audrey Hepburn. Right. And so she was like, okay, well, I'm free to do your movie, but I also am three months pregnant. Yeah. And again, Walt Disney was like, don't care. I'll wait. As soon yeah. as you're done, you know, yeah. you let me know. Um, so that's why I thought it was kind of funny that there, I guess, was like a running thing the whole time of them making these movies of like, which will make more money, Mary Poppins or My Fair Lady? Right. Yeah. And then Julia, Julie Andrews got an Oscar for her role in this movie, which yeah. was actually the first Disney movie to ever win an Oscar. Oh, hell yeah. And she thanked the director of My Fair Lady for making it all possible. <laughs> for choosing Audrey Hepburn. Yeah. yeah. That's funny. But so, you know, he said, all right, soon as soon as you're done having that baby h-m-u girl and so she did <laughs> slide into my dm 
she had one phone interview with Pamela Travers. She was still in bed from having her baby. Oh. And they talked on the phone and Pamela was like, yes, she's perfect. She can be Mary Poppins. Love her. Hell yeah. And she also, they brought her husband on as well. Her husband did all of, like a lot of the set designs and a lot of the costumes. He was in charge of that. Yeah. And I watched this cute little interview with current 85-year-old Julie Andrews and she said that her husband told her, he was like, I know that she's supposed to be this very prim and proper nanny, you know, British nanny lady in the 1900s, but like so i've made her look that way on the outside but every time you know if her coat opens a little bit and you see the lining of her coat or when she's doing a dance and you get this flash of her petticoats yeah they're always going to be kind of wild you yeah. know like a bright color because she's so prim and proper on the outside but on the inside she's a little bit you know she's a little bit yeah. kooky she's a little bit she said wicked she's, oh i was like well seems yeah but so she said i really took that decision that he made about it to inform this character yeah. okay that's how i'm gonna play her as well which I just thought was really cute that they yeah. got to work on that together. And I really noticed that in the scene where they're on the rooftop dancing, yeah. her outfit is like prim and proper. But I think just like her bow and her shoes are like a bright color. And that's yeah. it. Yeah, it's cute. And when you, yeah, when she kicks or when she twirls, you see yeah. this little bit of like, oh, you know. Yeah. A little splash. Yeah. Color. So yeah, that's, whew. That's the whole movie. That's all I have for that. It's a fucking movie and a half. I tell you what. <laughs> that's true. But it is good. I liked it a lot. And I would I, I would certainly pick it over Pete's Dragon. Yeah, that <laughs> I was going to say that too of like, you know, both of these movies have too many songs in them. Mm-hmm. But Pete's Dragon really did feel like they had the songs first and then built a movie around it. And yeah. this felt like they had the story first and they built the songs for it. You yeah. Know? And that really does make a difference. Yeah. Because even though, you know, they're too long or whatever, they... Almost all the songs move the story along and, you know, they're entertaining. and Yeah. Yeah. They're not just there so that we can be impressed by someone's singing skills. Yeah. Pete's Dragon, <laughs> the song sometimes just, the movie came grinding to a halt. Yeah. Everybody stop. Listen to my song. Okay, here we go. Yes. Whereas these are very much, they flow with the movie. Yeah. And they're just, I mean, there's definitely part of it of like, I grew up listening to these songs. And yeah. I didn't yeah. watch Pete's Dragon as a kid, so. For sure. Yeah. We're done. We did We're it. We're done. We made it. Woohoo. Let's get the hell out of here. Yeah, let's go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, we're not going to go fly a kite? Oh, yeah. I guess we could go fly a kite. <laughs> kind of dark out. A little dark out there. Anyway, uh, in the meantime, if you want to come talk to us and tell us what's in your carpet bag, <laughs> <laughs> come message us on Instagram, Replay Rewind Podcast, or Tumblr at the same, or Gmail, Replay Rewind Podcast at gmail.com. And you can check out all of our other episodes on, you know, all the platforms, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, maybe Amazon. Look for it. iHeartRadio. iHeartRadio. Just Google it. We'll yeah. be there. We'll be somewhere. I don't know. Fucking whatever. You know, somewhere that we definitely are is Patreon. That's true. Patreon.com slash Replay Podcast. We got bonus episodes. And we're going to be uploading even more as the year goes on. So... Jump on there, get caught up. You got a couple years worth of bullshit to listen to. And then, you know, we'll be pumping out some new stuff. We'll shout out your name on the show. We'll mail you a sticker. We will carve your name into the bottom of our foot. (laughs) 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 I was going to say something funny, but oh, I've forgotten it already. (laughs) I'm just thinking about carving names into my feet. You know, I... I really meant to take it in the direction of like, you know, Woody writing, like seeing Andy written on the bottom of his boot. 
Yeah. Um, but it just, shoes. The word you were looking for was shoes. It, it just kept going. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <sighs> I'm gonna call my autobiography a couple years worth of bullshit. <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. Yeah. Anyway, okay, we're leaving. Goodbye. In the meantime, <laughs> stay fresh. Carpet bags. <laughs> and don't forget to reduce, reuse, recycle, replay, and rewind. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.